the Women's Tennis Association made good on their promise to pull their business out of China on Tuesday due to concerns over Chinese tennis player Peng Shui's safety. Peng accused a senior Chinese official of sexual assault on November 2nd and quickly disappeared from the public eye. With the White House, UN, and EU calling for investigations, we'll discuss the latest in this troubling story. I'm John Bickley with Georgia Howe. It's Friday, December 3rd, and this is Morning Wire. China has unveiled a new surveillance system which will identify and track journalists, foreign students, and other people of interest as they enter and move about the country. Who will be labeled threats by the communist regime? We have the details. And New York City will be the first city in the nation to provide drug users with supervised injection sites, where drug users can shoot up under medical supervision. We'll take a look at this highly controversial program. Thanks for waking up with Morning Wire. Stay tuned. We have the news you need to know. This show is sponsored by Dwell. The wisdom of the Bible has stood the test of centuries, and reading it is well worth everyone's time. But having the time to read anything these days is increasingly difficult. Dwell is a five-star app that makes it so easy to get into the Bible by providing a world-class listening experience. And today, you can try Dwell for free by going to dwellapp.io slash morningwire. That's dwellapp.io slash morningwire. Concern over the safety of Chinese tennis player Peng Shui has now prompted the suspension of all Women's Tennis Association events in China, with Chairman and CEO Steve Simon making the announcement this week. Here to tell us more is Daily Wire sports reporter Joe Morgan. Joe, can you give us an update on this troubling story? Hey, John. Yeah, so... As we've discussed before, on November 2nd, female tennis pro Peng Shui posted to Chinese social media that a former vice premier of the Communist Party sexually assaulted her three years ago following a round of tennis while his wife allegedly guarded the door. Peng's post was deleted about 30 minutes after, and her Weibo account was blocked to searchers. From that point on, no one heard from or saw her in public, raising a lot of concern over her safety. Multiple tennis stars posted to social media, raising the alarm over her whereabouts. On November 20th, videos of Pong were published by Chinese state media. The videos show her eating at a restaurant and attending a youth tennis tournament in Beijing. She later had a call with Thomas Bach, head of the International Olympics Committee, in which Pong said she was, quote, safe and well, but obviously there is still a lot of concern about the situation, which leads us to Tuesday. Right, so uh, tell us about this significant announcement from the WTA. Sure. So chairman and CEO of the WTA, Steve Simon, has really been the one individual who has refused to let the story go away. Even following the IOC's call with Pong, Simon refused to let up, saying the video, quote, does not change our call for a full, fair and transparent investigation without censorship into her allegation of sexual assault. Simon has stated in past weeks that the WTA is willing to pull business out of China if her accusations of sexual assault are not investigated and, quote, until we have a chance to speak with her directly. He made good on his promise Tuesday by suspending all WTA tournaments in China, including in Hong Kong, which is a huge deal because the Winter Olympics are scheduled to begin in Beijing February 4th. If the Chinese authorities weren't going to treat these allegations seriously and we weren't able to have direct contact with Peng, we were prepared to uh, pull our business. So he's taken a very firm stance on this. More firm than anyone, really. Uh, Simon says that he has, quote, serious doubts that she is free, safe, and not subject to censorship, coercion, and intimidation. So he's standing firm on his demands for an investigation. On Wednesday, the IOC did say they held a second call with Pong offering their support, and they reported that she was, and I am quoting here, safe and well given the difficult situation she is in. 
But at this point, the WTA isn't taking anyone's word until they speak to Pong directly. We often hear about American sports and entertainment organizations going easy on China and, and overlooking human rights in favor of profits like the NBA and ESPN and Hollywood. But here we have something quite different, a very strong stance. How unprecedented is this move by women's tennis? I mean, yeah, it really hasn't happened before. American sports leagues make a lot of their money from China, so they've been extremely reluctant to stand up to the Chinese government in the past. So this move from women's tennis is pretty unprecedented, but it might be part of a larger trend. For example, Boston Celtics center Ennis Cantor Freedom, who, by the way, on Monday became a U.S. citizen and legally changed his last name to Freedom, has basically stood alone in the NBA in calling out China. Over the past month, he has been extremely outspoken about freedom in Hong Kong, Tibet, and Taiwan, so much so that Celtics games are now dropped from streaming platforms in China. So now it seems like women's tennis is joining him, and it seems like fans are standing by them. It's certainly a bold move on their part that sends a very powerful message. Yeah, it does. Joe, thanks for the reporting. Absolutely. Daily Wire's sports reporter, Joe Morgan. Coming up, China rapidly expands its surveillance program. This show is sponsored by Birch Gold Group. Inflation is destroying the dollar. Birch Gold Group can help protect your IRA or 401k with a precious metals IRA. Text WIRE to 989898 to claim a free info kit on physical gold and silver. There's zero obligation. Text the word WIRE to 989898 to protect your savings today. Amid continued concerns about China's repressive tactics, the communist regime is ramping up its monitoring systems. By 2022, China is projected to have one surveillance camera for every two people. Here with more on this aggressive new expansion of the surveillance program is Daily Wire's Ian Howarth. Ian, tell us more about this strategy of mass surveillance that's going on in China. Yeah, well, we've been talking about the slow expansion of tech-based authoritarianism in China for a while now, both on the Daily Wire website and here on Morningwire. The latest on this front involves China's use of a traffic light system as they work to strictly monitor journalists and so-called other people of concern. And what does the traffic light system involve exactly? Well, this is all based on documents seen by BBC News. They reported that this system isn't an actual traffic light system, but one that puts journalists in one province into one of three categories, green, yellow, and red. And based on these documents, the people put in the red category would be, quote, dealt with accordingly. And this doesn't just apply to journalists. Foreign students and migrants are also being monitored, with this technology including facial recognition linked to thousands of cameras and also linked to multiple databases of people already being tracked. That's pretty unnerving. What about people who are in the yellow or green categories? Well, yellow means people of general concern, and green means journalists who, as they put it, aren't harmful. And the traffic light system would trigger alerts the moment journalists in the red or yellow category book travel in the Henan province. Another layer here is the sheer amount of data the people designing this system want to obtain. This includes cell phone data, social media information, vehicle details, hotel stays, travel tickets, what property they own, and all photos from existing databases. What's particularly scary about this technology is that, at least according to the uncovered documents, the system is expected to be sensitive enough to identify people even if their faces are partly covered by glasses or masks. China's been deploying this technology for a little while now. Last year, we heard that story about how they were using facial recognition to track Uyghur Muslims. Yeah, that's right. Last year, it was reported that the controversial Chinese company Yahweh had tested artificial intelligence software that could recognize Uyghur Muslims and alert law enforcement based solely on their racial identity. 
But all of this is just one small part of a massive surveillance strategy being imposed by the Chinese government. Back in 2018, for example, state media in China reported that the country's facial recognition system was capable of scanning the faces of China's 1.4 billion citizens in just one second, which at the very least instills fear in the country's population and at the very worst expands an already tight level of control on the lives of the people living and working in China. Another ominous report out of China. Ian, thanks. Of course. That's Daily Wire's Ian Howarth. New York City is set to open two supervised drug injection sites in Manhattan, the first city in the U.S. to do so. Users will be allowed to bring their own drugs into the facilities and will be provided options to treat their addictions. Here to discuss the situation is Daily Wire senior editor Ash Short. So, Ash, what is New York City thinking with this new initiative? Well, New York City, like other major cities in the country, think they can help drug addicts by providing clean needles and free overdose treatments. Opponents of such moves, of course, question the legal and moral implications for what is essentially the state-sanctioned use of illegal drugs. But New York City is taking a big step here by being the first city in the nation to provide these supervised injection sites rather than just handing out clean needles. Other major U.S. cities like Philadelphia and San Francisco appear to be moving towards supervised injection, but haven't actually opened any sites yet. And how bad is the drug overdose problem in New York City that they're going this route? Well, as you reported last week, the National Center for Health Statistics said that more than 100,000 people died from overdoses between April 2020 and April 2021 which is an increase of nearly 30% over the previous 12-month period. Right. In New York City alone, more than 2,000 people died from drug overdoses in 2020, which was the highest number recorded in 20 years when the city first began recording overdose deaths. In just the first three months of 2021, New York City had nearly 600 overdose deaths. So will this be taxpayer-funded? Will the government be running these drug centers? Yes and no. The facilities will be run by two nonprofits, New York Harm Reduction Educators and Washington Heights Corner Project, who have merged to form On Point NYC. The city, and thus taxpayers, do provide funding to those nonprofits, however. And what do we know about what these centers are actually like on the inside? Reporting on how these centers operate seems to compare them to waiting at the DMV, so it's not clear whether this option will actually be appealing to drug users. Apparently, there are bathroom stalls for people to shoot up in, and staff will enter those bathrooms if the drug users are in there for more than 15 minutes. They're then encouraged to sit in a waiting room in case they overdose. So is this actually legal, and has there been legal pushback? Not from the Democrat-run state legislature or the White House. Federal law states that it is illegal to operate a building that allows people to use illegal drugs, but Democrats at the local and federal level have declined to enforce federal drug laws for the past decade. A similar proposal did get pushback from the Trump administration in 2019 when the Department of Justice sued to keep Philadelphia from opening a supervised injection facility, but there isn't any indication that President Biden will move to do the same. However, one New York Republican congresswoman, Nicole Maliotakis, is staunchly opposed to this program, and she is lobbying the Biden administration to intervene. And while the Biden administration hasn't endorsed supervised injection sites, it hasn't spoken out against them either. 
Earlier this year, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris released a statement saying they were committed to reducing overdose deaths. They did not specifically mention supervised injection sites, but they did list evidence-based treatment and harm reduction efforts. And going back several years, the Obama administration also took a progressive approach to marijuana laws, in some cases declining to enforce federal laws currently on the books. And what do New York City residents think about these centers? There seems to be some sense that residents are fine with the injection sites as long as they're not near their own homes. A community board member in East Harlem made this exact statement to the New York Times, though she added that these sites won't address the root cause of drug addiction. Ash, thanks for reporting. Of course. That's Daily Wire senior editor, Ash Short. Other stories we're tracking this week. Early Thursday morning, Major League Baseball locked out players. The move follows the expiration of the collective bargaining agreement, and sources say negotiations don't appear to be close. This is the first work stoppage for the league in a quarter decade. And on Thursday, Germany announced a nationwide lockdown exclusively for unvaccinated people. The unvaccinated will be banned from most businesses and will only be permitted to meet with a maximum of two people from outside of their household. Outgoing Chancellor Angela Merkel announced plans to implement a vaccine mandate as early as February. She also added that vaccinated status would only last nine months after the most recent shot, meaning citizens must get boosters to maintain their status. If you like this episode and are interested in hearing more, subscribe to Morning Wire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, and give us a five-star review. That's all the time we've got this morning. Thanks for waking up with us. We'll be back tomorrow with the news you need to know. If you like this podcast, subscribe to our Morning Wire newsletter, available exclusively to Daily Wire members. Get the Morning Wire newsletter delivered straight to your inbox when you join at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code MORNINGWIRE to try a Reader's Pass membership and get your first month for only 99 cents.